0: something strange we are live right now oh oh
1: so i guess i'll do an intro i guess saying that welcome to the first episode of dumpster vinyl uh, you guess and like i am logan then you're like i am naveen uh and yeah all right then we'll just wing it
0: great fake it okay. till you make it baby
1: fake it till you make it here we go you okay lemon you ready Okay.
0: Already, seems like we're ready here.
1: <clears throat> all right. This is Dumpster Vinyl, a podcast about two people who found 928 library music records in a dumpster. They don't know anything about library music, but they're determined to figure it out on their journey. Join us, won't you? The song you're hearing right now is called Morning Dance by John Hyde off the album New Outlook on Rouge Music, catalog number LP-160. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of Dumpster Vinyl. Here we are! Here we are! Wow, fun times. we need to do an entire episode on why this show exists. Um, my name is Logan. I'm Naveen. And basically, what happened with us is Naveen discovered 928 vinyl records in a dumpster.
0: Exactly. Should I should I kind of start with what I saw?
1: yes you all right. you need to tell the story about how this all started
0: of course yeah absolutely so here's <laughs> here's the here's the deal every everybody uh, I work at a bed store and we sell very high-end beds um, and we have a uh, dumpster area sort of in the back off of the back w- room of our store a so communal our...
1: dumpster for the whole building
0: exactly so we're the first floor of a six story building in downtown chicago uh very old building and of course uh the five floors above us they there's offices uh office space above us so uh as you can imagine a lot of things show up in this dumpster room that can Mm. be of interest oh yes um Lots of fun things I've pulled out of this dumpster, and lots of not so fun things, thinking they're fun things. Anyway, that story is another day, kids.
1: That story is coming <laughs> after we tell this one, because it happened after this story happened.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a very cold, very blustery January Saturday in oh in downtown Chicago, and. Not a lot of foot traffic in the store, if you know what I mean. So um, I noticed a colleague of mine in the back opening up records, which wasn't something in the norm. So it piqued my interest, sort of did a little investigative questioning. Hey, where'd you get that record? Oh, I found it in the dumpster. There's a lot of records in the dumpster. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Two minutes later, my face is in the dumpster looking around (laughs) at probably, I would say, eight garbage bags filled to the brim of vinyl had just been dumped. It was.
1: Not kitchen garbage bags, like the the big lawn, the big black lawn. And, you know,
0: somebody must have really thrown it with some force because a lot of these bags had split. Somebody. I don't know. Maybe it was my my colleague that (laughs) opened some of them out of curiosity. But with the force of the empty dumpster and this heavy bag of vinyls, it split open the garbage bag. So I noticed there was a lot of them. Yeah. So I started to take a couple out and, you know, Google's our best friend these days. I Googled some of them and I noticed just from about two to five vinyls that I pulled out that the value was somewhere around thirty six pounds. So, you know, of course, that was uh, British pounds,
1: British, pounds, British and, pounds. And you can
0: hear by my very American Apologies
1: voice to the British folks who probably listen to this. Yep. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I, always, I always accent. say things like you need a spot a tea. And they're like, we don't talk like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the records. Yep.
1: Also worth mentioning, you had texted me and said, hey, we found a bunch of records. Should we keep them? And we have been talking for a long time about getting a record player. And my first instinct was, oh, these are probably like pop records. Like, oh, maybe there's a Beatles album. Maybe there's a Jimi Hendrix thing. Maybe there's modern 90s stuff.
0: Oh, it w- would have been so much easier back in, in <laughs> that, you know, time stamp of history yeah. in our lives if they were made by Elton John or the Rolling Stones or yeah. some sort of band that we actually knew. But what piqued everyone's interest were... That they're no-name artists.
1: Not even no-name artists, just no artists in general. Just album titles?
0: With strange artwork, but intriguing. And then the back of the album would say things like a mood, you know? Yeah. Busy streets. um, Yeah.
1: Upbeat solo guitar work.
0: Exactly. Just... Really well put together, though. So I, I kind of, you know, after realizing, okay, so this is worth, what, maybe $40 just for one of these? Yeah. So I asked my colleague, let's pull them out of the dumpster, because I think I was working my magic on my boyfriend here to <laughs> rent a vehicle to come scoop these records oh, up. And it That's was story. inclement weather.
1: It was not good. It was it was not the best time to rent a car at the last minute. Exactly. because we don't The roads ha- because, were slick. Yeah, because for those who don't live in Chicago, uh, you don't technically need a car in Chicago if you don't want one. Uh, and she has a job where she can take the train straight to her work. Like, she just takes train, walks off, works right there. Doesn't need a vehicle. I work from home. I'm a freelance videographer. Most of my work is done at home editing. So we don't really need a car. So whenever we need one, we rent one. And unfortunately, since it's like the end of January at this point, uh, we were getting that big ice storm that was rolling through the Midwest, Um, ice, snow, whatever have you. It was about four degrees outside, and I had to rent a vehicle last minute. There are no four-wheel drive (laughs) or all-wheel drive automobiles available to rent, only two-wheel drive. Yep. And I went with the closest one I could find, which was about half a mile away, four-tenths of a mile away. And uh, it was an Acura ILX two-wheel drive sedan. um, Didn't do so
0: good in the uh, slick Yeah, I remember it it was like a funny temperature, like 33 or something. No, no? it
1: it was low. It was like four degrees because it was four degrees and it was snowing, but it was so light that the snow was turning to, it it was just melting upon impact. So it would go from snow to water when it hits your windshield, which unfortunately for me the car i rented had really jacked up windshield wipers like they were all shredded yeah. so all they did was spread water across my windshield in a car going down snowy icy roads yeah trying to get to this place that was only about
0: six uh, miles it,
1: it's, it's six miles away but i was traveling very so like 10 50 miles an hour down the main roads in chicago which is not so even that so when logan fast.
0: shows up to the bed store he was frazzled it's time to close I had to bring all of these records up to the front of the showroom, which is not an easy feat. No, with the amount. Um, and then after a while, I was sweating so profusely <laughs> that I realized this is the dumbest thing ever because the as he was loading these vinyls into this little Acura, they were getting really wet from the winter storm. So obviously, yeah. at least we'd... the
1: bags that we put them in were, and they were probably. Yeah. It was picking up ice, because when we set them down, it would pick up ice, and it would take it into the car, and it might have melted on the way there. Yeah, so also, by the way,
0: after all this was over, I googled how much, um, I believe, a 1,000 records weigh, and without the (laughs) actual cases, vinyl, that that would be 500 pounds.
1: Yeah, we hauled probably a little under 500 pounds worth of vinyl from that dumpster, you and your colleague, from that dumpster, into your back room then you hauled that from the back room up to the front of your showroom yep I hauled it from your showroom to the car which was about half a block down the street it was yeah. it, it, we were gonna do this all in the alley behind the dumpster but the alley but was covered get in to the snow alley. yeah I drove through it and I knew that if I stopped I would have gotten stuck so <laughs>
0: here's the thing we knew we had this weird thing yeah we knew it could be valuable. And uh, so Logan is driving this car after we spent a good 25 minutes hauling oh, God, heavy yeah. vinyl in maybe, and out of a maybe slick snowstorm. It was, was rough. Sweating bullets, yeah. but freezing at the same time.
1: Yeah. It was weird. Like, I, I, I think couldn't. It was 12 degrees. And, and what sucked is the trunk of the car, the button on the key that it gave me didn't work. Uh, it could only be opened if you have the key in your pocket and you touch it with your fingers on. It's as a touch sensor.
0: Oh man, talk about luxury!
1: And it, I know, but only if you use skin. It wouldn't <laughs> detect it with a glove on. So I'm going in these freezing temperatures without my gloves on. Oh boy! It it was just not. It was the worst thing that Mother Nature could have thrown at us to get this vinyl back to our apartment. But, but I we think do. it was
0: a preface to our loot. You exactly.
1: Know? Yes. Uh, so we do get back. Although we had some barriers along the way. I tried taking the highway, which usually is salted in preparation Uh, for Danger zone. Yeah, it was not. The car was literally sliding left and right while I wasn't even touching it. So I got off on the next exit, and we just took it very, very, very slowly. Um, And then we uh, hauled—we converted those eight giant trash bags into about 17 of her store bags. And we hauled those up two flights of stairs, so a little under 500 pounds of vinyl— up two flights of stairs, which then I had to go return the vehicle, park it, and then walk back in the snow. Uh, it was it was an adventure, to say the least. And the entire time I was walking back, I was like, these records better be worth it.
0: <laughs> and when I was packaging them up in the store, carrying them out, I kept thinking to myself, wow, Naveen, you're really going to blow it if these aren't <laughs> valuable. <laughs> cuz keep in mind we're not vinyl people. We don't, yeah, we we don't didn't know own a record player. I thought it was clutter to be quite honest.
1: <laughs> I was still hoping there was going to be stuff I recognized in there. Like so more about the music like n- now that we got the, the the adventure of getting it out of the way, we so started looking through it. what was it that it. we found? We found something called library music. <laughs> uh for though for the uninitiated, library music is not music played in libraries
0: that's a conundrum yeah
1: it's uh basically stock music like but by today's standards uh there are websites out there that make royalty-free stock music they can get off like websites like premium beat or art list and things like that um this is basically the 60s and 70s equivalent uh where these studios all over the world but mostly in 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 the uk and italy and france and many other like european countries they would have studios that were dedicated solely to creating stock music. They would give composers a mood, and they would come in and they would just bang it out. They'd press it to vinyl, and they would send this vinyl to uh, television and film studios all over the all over the globe. Radio too. Yeah, radio too. And uh, basically, the whole point behind it was if they needed music for a client, if there's like a local car dealer that needed music for a commercial. They could or a listen golf to tournament. it. Yeah.
0: Or a horror movie.
1: So, yeah, pretty much anything film, TV, radio, it really doesn't matter. Just anything. Like, basically, and, and they. As we yeah.
0: learned a little bit more about library music, this really originated in the days of the talkie movies. So, yeah. in the 30s, uh, a composer, musician uh, realized that there was a niche market here that films needed sound production, uh, they needed music to set the scene, whether it's, you know, someone getting chased in a car or a Mm. romance scene or a reuniting scene. Every scene, as we all know, as the little movie buffs that each and every Mm. one of us are, has a mood. Um, And so he took himself to the movie companies and said, hey, I'm going to start making my own recordings Of all different types of moods and genres. And you can purchase the rights from me. Yeah, And And that's how DeWolf Music, because it was Mr. DeWolf who did that.
1: Yeah. And that is the lion's share of the record label that we got is DeWolf Music. uh, Or Music DeWolf, as it says. Um, And basically... It's still going on today. That company still exists. They're sure still, does. they're Find still. Find them on Spotify. Yeah, they're on Spotify. You can go to their website. They have almost all their stuff that you can stream and recording. purchase online.
0: Yeah, certain recording artists like, um, what's his name? CeeLo Green.
1: Oh, was he on there? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that.
0: Oh, yeah. Certain ones. Um, yeah. So what? I guess maybe you're wondering uh, why do I care about library music? Because you've heard it a million times. Yeah,
1: there. This is something that like we had no idea this world existed. We just got thrust into it by way of these 928 records. Yep. Um. So basically, as we researched it, we're like, oh, this is basically the music that you would hear. Like it. it if you're in the 80s, the prices be... right. What was the prices right? Da na
0: da na. Was that (laughs) library music?
1: (laughs) I know there were theme songs for other shows. The uh, People's Court. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's library music. The Monday Night Football theme song. Mm -hmm. PGA Golf Tour. Yeah. Not the uh, Hank Williams thing, but the... (laughs) (laughs) Library music that was recorded on KPM Records in 1975.
0: Exactly. Which is
1: also used for a British sporting event.
0: Ah, um, tell me more.
1: I That's all I know. I okay. don't know the details. Right. I don't know the deets.
0: So I guess what we're trying to say is that here we are, Logan and Naveen, doing our best to sort through something, and we're learning a lot, and we want to share it yeah. as we learn.
1: Yes. And as we're going through this stuff, we're discovering websites like Discogs, uh, which is a unbelievable resource like helped us out tremendously figuring out what we have because it shows what these records sold for because let's let let let's just get this out of the way first when we saw this we weren't thinking let's listen to all these cool records we were thinking how much money can we get for this i i was
0: thinking about flipping them one of logan's texts to me when i was sending him information on this was oh we should get a record player and listen to them and i was like hey buddy i don't want any of this clutter let's let's sell this this is a commodity here (laughs)
1: And then when I saw the prices, I was like, you're right, we should sell it. Um, But then we started, like, as we're looking these up on Discogs, there are, like, some clips on YouTube of some of the songs. And we were listening to, like, when we would see the value of these, like, what they sold for, we'd be like, wow, what is this? And then we would listen to, like, this is pretty awesome music. Like, we really liked it. Like, we wound up, like, really kind of falling in love with a lot of this music. And we started thinking maybe we should not sell it, at least not yet. Let's go through this. Let's see what we got. Let's enjoy it. Let's do something with it. Hence, this podcast. We're trying to share this world with as many people as we can because we are... Enamored with it. We are fascinated. We sure are. We absolutely love it. Yeah. And so, one,
0: one little tidbit I do want to shout out to my friend Greg from yes. New York. Um, I knew him from my days of living in New York City, and um, I, he's a big vinyl collector. And yeah. I knew that just by being friends with him as well as his Instagram. He just is an enthusiast, someone yes. that is way above my knowledge level. So as we were in this, acura <laughs> yeah. logan's steering sweat and sweating bullets during this snowstorm storm um i was texting with greg saying hey i just want to reach out and let you know that i found a lot of records sent him a couple pictures of all these records yeah. um and it seems to be a lot of DeWolf and kpm and i don't really know what that means um and he said Oh, looks like you landed yourself a little treasure trove there. (laughs) So with that response from Greg, I knew...
1: We had something special.
0: We had something special and a quantity that seemed...
1: Unbelievable.
0: Exactly. So... To move this around, moving 500 pounds of vinyl in a snowstorm in Chicago in 12 degrees was no easy task. And I think we were just motivated on learning... What the hell is this worth? Yeah. So right away, we got to work with a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. And um cataloging. So mm-hmm. that was Saturday night.
1: And it wasn't until after we were done when we realized we should have been cataloging the uh catalog numbers cuz all these records have a catalog number, which is how they're recognized by the by the enthusiast community.
0: Well, we're we're babies. We didn't know. We did
1: Uh <laughs> so we cataloged nine hundred and twenty eight records it took several days
0: well i remember it was thursday that you gave me that final count yeah so logan as i had to return back to work on tuesday because i was off sunday monday um really took the strong arm and muscle of cataloging the remaining records i think we got through about 400 over the weekend and you did the heavy lifting of all the rest um Thank you. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> my honestly, my pleasure. That's not even just a.
0: We became addicted. Yeah. Well, I don't know what it was. Besides the composers, the amount of the records, talking with Greg more and more.
1: What what got me when I was doing it? What what motivated me was going through a stack, I mean like, look, just because the album covers are so nondescript, they have nothing to do, oftentimes with the name of the album, and then you look at what on the back it tells you what type of music it is and you're like what does this cover have to do with anything on the back of the album like yeah there's a there's an album cover i think it's called the uh, black pearl um it's just it's all black and then there's like just this faint image of a man staring at the camera with a full beard and he's like just looking psychotic and then you look on the back it's like Ah, melodramatic flute music or something like that exactly It's like what does this have to do with anything why is it called black pearl it's just it it, it's like they just threw darts at a board and like that's what this is called go find a photo from some gallery yeah is it's it's just crazy mind-blowing and
0: as discogs became more of a reference tool we could play certain albums that we found
1: and the thing that but what kept motivating me was, like, looking at one of these albums that didn't seem like it was going to be shit. Uh, like, Wolf in the early days would just put a red cover with the name of the album and their information on it, and that's it. And I found one called In Motion, and I was like, no, there's going to be nothing. It The median value of it is, like, $255. Oh, and I was mama! Like, it's stuff like that that I was like, how did we fine like why is this worth 255 dollars and one of the things greg told us which i i still it's my favorite thing about this music is he said the more valuable an album is the better the music is it's not based on rarity like we could have the only copy in the world of you know gregorian chants from eastern europe (laughs) and it'll probably sell for like two dollars because nobody wants it uh but you could have like a, there could be a bunch of copies of Nick Engman's Big Beat, which we have, which is our most valuable one. Yeah. Median value on Discogs is like $333 or something like right. that. Which is on Spotify. It, it, it's so popular, it's on Spotify. They reissued it in 2018. Ooh. Yeah. That's how popular it is. Uh, so, and it's a great album. Okay. So now we're like, oh, look at all these expensive albums. Then we start listening to them and we're like, I really like this music. I'd like... Do we really want to get rid of this album? Yeah. So we don't know.
0: Uh, It's. Yet. It has turned from let's pawn these off for as much as we can actually make to this is interesting and fascinating and let's learn everything we can. So that's why we're doing this podcast. And share it
1: with as many people as we can. Exactly. Because this is a world that I feel more people should know about. Like.
0: It's fascinating, and there's so much library music under our nose that we hear constantly.
1: And, yeah, that, and it's also just kind of important if you think about it. It's
0: music history. Yeah. It really is. music history involved with movie and television, media history, maybe, if you will.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I had gotten on Reddit. There's a library music forum on there, and I said, hey, we found all this. What do we do next? And people were just like, oh, my God. What like people started reaching out? It's like if you have this album, I'll buy it from you. If you have this, I'll buy it from. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. Whoa, we whoa. haven't even cataloged hey, yet. Hey, hey. Uh, and then eventually somebody turned me on to uh, a a library music forum, and when I went there, I shared our our public spreadsheet. It's like hey, this is what we have, and there were these albums from a company called Robert Hall Productions. They were the most nondescript, boring albums to catalog because there wasn't really a record of them. Most of them were sound effects. It just had a sticker that said Robert Hall Productions and then the track listing. There was nothing else on, no copy. Like, we don't know what year they came out. And I was like, these look like garbage. And I come to find out through this community, those are the rarest ones we have and people are dying to find them. There's several of them that aren't even recorded in Discogs, which is crazy because people go crazy cataloging on that website. And we have stuff that has not been discovered yet on discogs. And that is mind blowing to me because they mentioned Robert Hall productions was very popular and music that was used quite often in Russ Meyer films of the seventies. Russ Meyer's a director who made a lot of, uh, you know, skin flicks, if you will. Hmm. Um, I believe beyond the Valley of the dolls is one of his most famous ones, which I think Roger Ebert co-wrote. Huh? The only film Roger Ebert had a writing credit for okay. What was a skin flick. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just stuff like that. And these records have value based on like, oh, like the whole album could suck. But if there's one song that was in a popular movie, it's valuable. Yeah. And, you know, and gr- we're starting
0: gr- to also become fascinated by the musician's stories. Um, who wrote this? What were they doing? What was going on in their lives? Like, it's the the dumpster vinyl hall that we uncovered <laughs> has gone in so many directions of curiosity.
1: Yeah. It led us to... Oh,
0: I should probably tell our guests how I found out where they came from.
1: Oh, yeah. That's
0: an important that. nugget of knowledge. Yeah. you okay. You're
1: probably just like,
0: who... Who threw th- that away?
1: Who the shit threw away 928 vines?
0: Why didn't they know its value? Yeah. So there was a stamp that we noticed, um, property of Studio One, and there's an address in Chicago, and I would say it was the time of the rubber stamps in the 70s and the 80s, mm-hmm. so that sort of dated it, and every, you know, my colleague um, Logan and myself, we <laughs> looked up Studio One, but all we could figure out in Chicago is there's an existing tattoo parlor. That's yeah. not what we want. Um, so. I decided I have to figure out who's in this building. So I went to the um, lobby of the building, (laughs) and I read the sign, and I took pictures, and I realized that there's somebody called, I believe, KJ Audio on the fifth floor. So I just decided to call him. And I called him on this Tuesday. So we fished everything out on a Saturday, and here we are at a Tuesday. And the phone's ringing, and right away a man picked up. Hello? There was no... Hey, thanks for calling KJ Audio. Nothing like that, just a hello. And right away I was like, um, so I work at the bed store that's on the first floor and you got you are above us and I was curious if on Saturday you threw out a lot of records.
1: <laughs> and he
0: said, "Yes, that was me." And I said, "Oh, um, <laughs> That was you. okay? well, that's amazing. I'm just curious if you have any more.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We wanted more.
0: And he said, I do. I threw out the ones that weren't of any value, and I'm keeping the ones that have value and pawning them off on a vinyl guy. And I said, oh, oh, okay. well, I just want you to know my boyfriend's a videographer, and, and we're digging this stuff. And he said, so you pulled it out of the dumpster. And I said yeah and he said okay i'm glad i went to a good place and from there the conversation kind of ended on its own um there was so many more questions that i had but i didn't want to seem too eager or excited
1: and and he probably didn't seem too enthused about the conversation
0: yeah and i it was so odd to me the fact that he didn't think what we pulled out is was valuable it's not valuable it's it's immensely is. valuable. <laughs> yes. So, what is he holding on to?
1: <laughs> exactly. What that? Oh, that's going to eat at us forever. It's like, what did he keep? If this is the the trash pile. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just, it's just bonkers. Um but yeah, shortly after we cataloged everything we discovered there was a documentary called L- The Library Music film.
0: It's on Amazon it's Prime. It's on
1: Amazon. You can rent it for 4.99, I believe. Yep. Uh it was great. Uh we learned so much. We they were showing records. We're like, "We have that. We have that one. We have that one." It was so fun. Uh if you're interested in, in this podcast, you probably already know about that, but if you're new to this, I recommend it. It's ve- it's very fun. It's very well made. Um, you know, a- as a You know, filmmaker myself, I can say that it was a very well-made documentary.
0: Oh, and we learned so much and saw a lot of those existing musicians in the flesh.
1: A a, a lot of these composers still exist. They're still composing to this day.
0: They are the cutest people. (laughs) There's a variety of just characters. Um,
1: And and you also come to find out that they were legit, like, pop musicians that would moonlight as bands making, you know, these little records. And...
0: Really just trying to make ends meet, you know, and writing the tune to something on a vinyl that we've heard um, sitting on the train on the way to their next stop, you know, like they were really just pumping this music out at a volume that is surprising.
1: Yeah, it's 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 shocking how like because we we got all this, you know, 928 records of the DeWolf variety because DeWolf music also owns Hudson music, which we had a lot of. Uh, Sylvester, which we had a lot of, and Rouge, which we also have a lot of. So DeWolf owns all those, and on Discogs, DeWolf is very well cataloged, and they have, like, about a little under 1,100 records, and we had, like, 500, 600 of them. And I was like, wow, there must not be a lot of other records. But then on this forum... uh. There's, a, there's just a catalog of every library music record label that ever existed, pretty much, and there are hundreds of them from all over the world, and we haven't even scratched the surface here, um, which is just mind-boggling to me. That being said, we've cataloged them all. We know what we got, and we want to share them with the world.
0: Exactly, so- and that's why we're here. Um, we We want Library music to be understood and learned, and something that is taught, yeah. um,
1: and I mean, not we, glazed
0: over. Yeah, it's, and
1: we don't know a lot as is. We're learning as we go.
0: Yeah, so we're here because we want to share that info yeah. with you and
1: learn with us. Okay. So come along for the ride.
0: Yeah, here we are.
1: Here we are. That that that's our story. That's our story. Now we're all sticking we got to do it. is find like permanent storage. We just got them spread across all over our apartment, just wherever we could fit it. Uh, <clears throat> But yeah, that's our story. What So what is going to be the future of this podcast? What we have discussed, we haven't necessarily settled on it yet, but what we're discussing is we're thinking about doing one record each episode. Yep. Maybe we start off with a little history, like we look up who made it, the album, the uh, record label, composer, uh, what it is. Even the artist. Like yeah. If we can find that information, we're going to try and dig that up as best we can.
0: We'll um, listen to the album with you, have yeah, a little commentary.
1: We we, we hope. I'm we still hope. trying to figure that out because DeWolf Licensing. is still very much a copyrightable, Rights. you know. We don't know don't if we can sue play my that. my
0: pants off.
1: Exactly. We don't want that. Uh, so it might just have to be a situation where we listen to it off the record and then come back with our thoughts. Um, but that being said, we want to bring on, Ba-dum-tsh. we want to do this ourselves. And then maybe every once in a while, bring on a guest, someone who, you know, Knows this stuff. Or even someone who doesn't, who just is interested. Friends of ours who also, you know, would be fun to have on. Just to have a, we just want to have fun with it.
0: This has been a bit of a bright, shiny uh, relief of the oppressive pandemic (laughs) (laughs) climate. Yeah, It has been a real ray of something different to really jump feet first into and learn.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And we
0: want to share it. Thanks, everybody.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we'll be back with another episode in the future. Maybe we'll do them you weekly, bi-weekly. Because uh, I don't know if it's going to be a weekly thing or a bi-weekly thing. We don't know.
0: We're going to figure it out.
1: We are going to figure it out. Until then, I'm Logan. I'm Naveen. And this has been Dumpster Vinyl. We'll see you in the future.
0: You stay classy.
1: Oh, got it.